Welcome to the LU Moment, where we showcase all the great events, activities, programs, and people right here at Lamar University. I'm Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at LU, and I want to welcome everyone back to this week's episode of the LU Moment, right? All right, listen, guys, hurricane season officially started June 1st, and so for Southeast Texas, you know, that could be rather difficult. We've had our fair share of storms to come through and sweep this area, and so we have remained strong and resilient through it all, but... We're going to talk to Dr. Brad Hardin, Associate Professor of Sociology today about what the Southeast Texas area can do and how they can prepare uh, their homes in case a natural disaster should happen. Dr. Hardin, thank you for joining me this week on the LU Moment. Thank you for having me. Dr. Hardin, I know that the Center um, for Resiliency recently hosted a um, Everything About Housing Before and After Natural Disasters event, uh, and you were a part of that, right? Yes, that's correct. I was the moderator for that event. You were the moderator for that event. Talk to us a little bit about what that event was, um, what kind of things were discussed, because I know, as I mentioned a minute ago, we've had our fair share of natural disasters here in this area. I mean, whether it's a wind event, um, tornadoes, hurricanes, I mean, you name it, we have experienced it. Snowstorms, we've experienced it. But talk to us a little bit about what that event was. Uh, yes, it was actually the third event in a series of panels. Okay. Um, and what we did is we wanted to bring together um, uh, members of uh, the local community, leaders of the local community, as well as uh, academics, and uh, talk about different aspects in terms of what to do uh, before, during, and after a disaster like a hurricane might have might strike. Yeah. And so I know for, well, at least for myself, especially, um, I'm from Houston originally, but I mean, a lot of us, when we hear the word hurricane, a lot of us are like, oh no, you know, even if just one hurricane hits this area throughout the year, we're like, oh, it was a terrible year because that one hurricane hit. Um, but how can we kind of break that fear? And I know um, in this event, you guys talked about preparing. Is that a part of breaking that fear of just even hearing the word hurricane, you know? Well, certainly um, it can help mitigate the fear uh, because if you've already uh, done some work and uh, prepared for it and uh, you know what you're going to do uh, if uh, a, a disaster like a hurricane strikes, then that certainly uh, lowers the fear. I don't know that it's going to completely remove the fear because, you know, a hurricane bearing down on you is a hurricane bearing down on you. Um, but, you know, if you've uh, put some effort into um, being prepared and you know what you're going to do, where you're going to go, and you have, uh, you, you take a lot of the thinking out of, uh, out of it because of that fear. Okay. So you have a grab bag ready to go. You know mm -hmm. what path you're going to take. Um, then uh, I think that that would definitely help people feel more secure and uh, ready for All hurricanes. Right. That's a good point. A grab bag, right? Full of clothes, or what, what's in our grab bag? Because <laughs> most of us going to grab electronics, <laughs> iPads. What are we grabbing? <laughs> well, it could be any number of things. Um, uh, Probably iPads, uh, electronics, things like that, things that might die on you. Um, uh, that might not be the best idea. Certainly clothes, uh, water. Um, you're going to be wanting uh, to maybe take paper maps uh, just in case. Uh, so that's, uh, in case the electronics fail you um, or you lose service for some reason, mm -hmm. um, such as 
a hurricane, um, you can have still a backup. Um, and so being able to read a paper map is still a, a, a good skill to have. And thank goodness I have that skill. I grew up in the era of the paper map and MapQuest and printing out and asking Jeeves, <laughs> taking the instructions, the directions. But I, so I'm a mom now, right? And so now I think about birth certificates important documents are those things that we should grab on the way out the door or should we just uh, cut our losses with that no those should certainly be in your grab bag um it can be a real hassle to replace some of those documents and some of the documents may be irreplaceable so okay. if you have uh family photographs old photographs things like that you know you want to um you don't want to overload the grab bag but you can certainly put some things in there that are relatively light that are irreplaceable that are are really dear to to the person and Dr. Harden, I want to ask you, because you are in sociology, how did you get wrapped up in hurricane preparedness and the Center for Resiliency? Well, it was actually, it was um, uh, my entire program came together and uh, we applied uh, for a Center for Resiliency grant and we were successful in securing one of those grants. Uh, and with that money, we began the uh, um, Recovery and Resilience Academy and uh, what we're trying to do is give back to the community. So we're taking the money and we're hosting a, a series of panels that each one uh, uh, focuses on a different topic of interest for a different aspect of the community or the community as a whole when it comes to the housing panel. Um, and uh, uh, so this was our third panel. Um, our first one was invisible illness. The second one was uh, looking at uh, violence from domestic violence to gun violence um, to uh, just um, criminal violence to police violence to um, just looking at violence from multiple uh, angles. And then this housing one was our, our third. So what are some of those things that, um, you know, what are some of those issues that you kind of discovered throughout um, doing this event? Well, one of the things that was uh, focused on was uh, we had three uh, panelists to discuss different aspects about water, um, mm -hmm. such as uh, what happens when the public water that we pay for as a utility uh, is not safe to drink. And for whatever reason, because mm -hmm. of the hurricane, because of industrial runoff um, in case uh, in terms of what have you. And uh, he talked about the way that uh, water then becomes both a utility and a commodity that we have to buy on a market. Yeah. Um, we had um, a uh, uh, professor at Labar who uh, discussed a new app um that seemed really interesting to me and then what this app does is um you attach it to any smartphone and you're able to test for certain strains of bacteria in the water um and uh, you're able to see if there's uh e coli or, or anything like that that would make the water uh uh unsafe to drink mm. um and so uh we talked about uh, then also uh, the the psychological aspect of uh, pulling oneself together after surviving 
um, a disaster and being a survivor and what does it mean to survive? Um, and um, <clears throat> and then we had a talk in terms of preparedness and uh, how to be prepared. Uh, well, so some of the ways that you can um, prepare the homes, obviously sandbags, tried and true. Um, everyone knows that uh, anytime a hurricane comes by, you see tons of uh, sandbags <laughs> and it's because they're, they are effective. They, they're, yeah. they're a good tool to use. Um, we talked about boarding up windows. You know, there's only so much you can do. And uh, for an area like uh, Southeast Texas, who's been hit by hurricanes so much, mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to be able to tell people uh, anything in terms of how to, to prepare their homes that they don't already know. Um, it's the tried and true methods. Oh my gosh, this is deep. And then so for those, um, you know, that are, struggling throughout natural disasters, where do those individuals go for support? Um, because again, you said something interesting when you said being a survivor, I don't know why that's sticking out to me, but being a survivor of a natural disaster or a hurricane or a tornado, you know, I think when people get those houses blown away by a tornado and they survive, we're like, oh, thank goodness, you know, dodge that one. But we maybe don't think about the trauma internally that they may have or PTSD, for goodness sakes, dealing with those kinds of things and what that might mean for them moving forward. You know what I mean? I think that's very, very interesting. But where can those individuals go for support through natural disasters? Well, um, I think you're, you're raising a really great point. It's one we talked about um, in all of our our panels is that um, when we talk about something like PTSD, oftentimes we think about uh, soldiers returning mm -hmm. from warfare. And that's certainly one area where you will find people with PTSD, no doubt. But um, it's suffering any kind of trauma um, and feeling like um, you have no control over your life, um, feeling like uh, you're not being listened to or feeling like there's something much bigger than yourself that uh, you can't control like a hurricane blowing through your area um, can all be uh, sources of trauma. Even the pandemic and uh, the two years of social isolation uh, presents us a kind of trauma that um, people have experienced around the world. Yeah. And um, it's not just been one trauma. We've had uh, multiple traumas that have occurred in a kind of pattern like effect or in a pattern like way like dominoes falling. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then we're not even talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. We're talking about complex post-traumatic stress disorder um, where somebody has uh, experienced not just one traumatic event, but multiple traumatic events over and over and over again, uh, such as living through multiple hurricanes, for instance. Um, we do here often in this area. Exactly, exactly. And so um, with that, uh, the best sources is to uh, if you're you have the uh, health insurance to do this, if you have the money to do this, you know, find a mental health team, uh, um, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a therapist. Um, and so you want to do um, 
if it's necessary for any kind of medications to help deal with um, the symptoms of PTSD, you have the psychiatrist, but then the idea is that the medications are just supposed to help you work through the, uh, the um, trauma. So the idea is that you won't need the medications later on in life. Um, and so uh, that's, but that's can be really difficult for people to find um, because just like we were talking about with doctors, um, uh, it can be really difficult to find a therapist that might, um, that'll take you seriously and won't be uh, dismissive or a psychiatrist who will take you seriously. And then um, there's an economic aspect. What about people who are living in poverty? What about um, uh, people who don't have health insurance? And um, we have a real issue in this country in terms of not taking mental health seriously. And uh, we we really we need to we need to change that aspect of our culture um, right. to be more. Uh, positive when somebody comes forward and says that they are struggling with mental health issues that we take that seriously um and we try to help people and i feel like that's the work that you and your team are doing through having these um different panel discussions um you know and bringing these issues to the forefront for the community and um, some things we might not have heard about because invisible illnesses i've never heard that term before you all have that event Never heard it used, but I mean, I think we all kind of know like eh, something's not right. I don't know what to call this. No one's believing me, but invisible illness. So it's good to um, have those discussions and have people be able to put a name to some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. An invisible illness and they can know they're not alone, whether it's through a natural disaster, whether it's through a pandemic, whether it's through an invisible illness, they have that support from uh, Dr. Hardin and the Center for Resiliency and Recovery and um, the Sociology Department here at LU. Woo! <laughs> Thank uh, you. Dr. Hardin, um, when's the next event that you all are hosting? Uh, the next event, we have not settled on a date yet. Um, right. And so we are uh, going to be uh, looking at problems um, that specifically affect uh, queer communities next. Oh, okay, perfect, perfect, mm -hmm. perfect. Love that, I love that. So we'll be looking forward to that event. Um, where can we go to learn more about um, what your department is doing? And uh, most of the, have they been live streamed any of these sessions? Is there on the Recovery and Resilience Academy website. All you have to do is go to Lamar University's website and search for um, the uh, Recovery and Resilience Academy, and it'll take you right to the, the webpage, and you'll be able to find the videos on there. All right, perfect. Well, I want to thank you for joining me on the OU Moment this week, Dr. Hardin. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's um, been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed talking with you. This is Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at LU, the pride of Southeast Texas.